This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. On the line now, we've got Waipa Deputy Mayor Liz Stolwick for an update on what's going on in that district. Good morning, Liz. Morning, Gary. So, uh, first off, we've got some considerations into fees and charges going on um, at Waipa District yeah. Council. That's right. So, annually, we've uh, obviously we've got a number of uh, things that we need to charge for. So, annual, annually, we look at uh, what increases or sometimes decreases there might be you know, for fees and charges. So this is just something that's come up on our radar uh, as a matter of course, I guess, but, uh, yeah, really important for those who, who use council services. Uh, library fees has been quite topical, actually. Mm, um, it, <laughs> it has, yes, because we are one of the few uh, councils around the country that charge for library books. Uh, and there's a good argument either way, actually, for whether we continue that. So that is something that we're uh, starting to debate around the table now. Would council be thinking of making libraries more orientating more into being community hubs rather than specifically book repositories? Because I know that's definitely the direction that society in general is heading in at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, look, I guess there's two issues. Um, one is, yeah, should libraries be spread across, you know, more of the district? So I've had, I've actually had some conversations recently with Leamington residents around, you know, starting up some small uh, mobile libraries or even just small spaces for, for library books so people don't have to travel into town. Uh, then there's the question around uh, new books or, or new issues uh, that uh, obviously council every year purchased a number of new books. You know, should those charges be a little bit higher? Should we charge a little bit more for those and perhaps less uh, we don't charge for some of the other uh, books that have been, uh, you know, in the library for some years? So there's, <laughs> there's lots of ways to slice and dice this, actually, Gary. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where we land. But... Um, I think, you know, we've got to make, keep, continue to move with the, with the times as such and, uh, yeah, and just listen to our ratepayers about what they want. So, so um, yeah, I'm having lots of discussions around libraries at the moment. Just to backtrack a little wee bit, um, with uh, charging for library books, what brought about that decision? What was the original justification that Waipa District Council came up with? Okay, so this conversation was held many, I mean, we're talking 10, 20, 30 years ago. I don't, I don't know, that was probably at least 20 or 30 years ago, would be my guess. Um, and I think that the argument came about, and I do recall it um, at the time, is that not everyone uses the library. And so people want it to be a user pays, more of a user pays system. So those that do use it, they, they pay more for that service. Uh, and those obviously that don't, you know, can, uh, you know, their rates can, can head towards something else. So that was really the, the, the movement behind it at the time. Right. And, but people usually buy library cards, don't they? Uh, for, or, or, you know, it's a possibility of, um, the council raising money to run the libraries is by selling library cards. But, uh, in, in Waipa, is it on the basis of, uh, individual books yeah that's right so if you take out 10 books and let's say they're all fiction books then you pay you know for those books individually based on the number that you take out so 
that's that's generally how it works. So it's a more of a user pay system. Right. And looking yeah. again wider at fees and charges, um, are there some different considerations going into it given the whole COVID situation which we've been talking about all year now? Uh, every time yes. you and I have yeah. spoken, uh, we've spoken about the, um, the economic ramifications of that. Um, so are there considerations yeah. in the fees and charges area because of COVID? I guess we've been very prudent and been very, very careful about anything that we might look to be increasing. I think I think the important thing to note here, Gary, is that our fees and charges, um, the income that we would normally receive uh, from those throughout the year, is going to be drastically reduced. So when we look at our, um, you know, some of the things that we do charge for, so it might be really around planning, regulatory, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we're likely, you know, to take a reduction in our in what we would normally collect. So if we don't have that money, um, you know, actually coming into the into the council budget, into our, you know, into our financial balance sheet, then you know, then uh, then obviously something has to be reduced on the, you know, on the, some of the expenses side. So. Yeah, there's always a there's always a balancing act to be held here. So that's probably the biggest implication for fees and charges is we won't be receiving the income we normally would. So how does that affect um, you know our um, our financial situation across the board? So yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of considerations with COVID and gosh, Gary, there's just not an end in sight at the moment, is there? Um, another update, I guess, on Monday, and and we'll see where we're at. But uh, yeah, predictions are at the moment there's going to be the situation where we're in and out. Um, you know, of, of level two, which doesn't seem to really sit well with many people. So I think that the, uh, it seems to me anyway, we'll be at level two just for a wee bit longer. Yeah, well, I mean, with that case having um, emerged in Auckland today at St. Dom's yeah. of the undisclosed contact of the uh, previous cluster, um, yeah, it's hard to know uh, what way things actually will go. But it's interesting as well, uh, I think, for listeners to be able to consider um, what Waipa District Council is involved in, and certainly just councils in general around the country, is that it really is a game of uh, juggling funding for council services and crunching numbers, and it's... Uh, it's not an easy task, is it? The decisions aren't just made um, uh, willy-nilly. It's actually, um, there's only a limited pool of money right there. Um, and it's in situations like this that that really begins to show. Oh, look, absolutely. And uh, and I guess, you know, what, what's very mindful for me is that, you know, the last thing we want to be doing really is, is having to take another look um, at rates increases uh, and, you know, we, we come out with a 10-year plan with a bit of an indication of... And we really try and stick to those, you know, it's, it, because people use it in their own budget and their own planning. So, yeah, having a, a topsy-turvy effect, I guess, with, with rates is, is not is not something that, you know, we want to be too involved in. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, whilst we just try and run our district, um, we've always got this pressure coming down from central government with new reforms um, and new ways of doing things. So... Two of the, I guess, things that have come um, and have been highlighted quite recently uh, that have been well publicised, Gary, as you'll know, are the new, um, you know, RMA reforms, the resource management reforms. And these are going to have huge implications uh, for New Zealand as a country. Uh, and, and probably the biggest thing for me when I'm, when I'm looking at, you know, what, uh, what will affect us the most 
And that's really around, um, you know, regional planning. So while we're, dis- you know, we all have our own district plans, uh, there's certainly a move, a movement towards more regional planning, um, you know, where we all sort of collate our district plans together in a sense. Um, and it's more of a, more of a, I guess a good example is looking at Auckland uh, and how they migrated a number of their regulatory resources and planning into one plan. And it, it's looking like we're going to head that direction too. Right, that'll be really interesting to see as time goes on. And um, I understand there's considerations of a third bridge for Cambridge, is that? Yes, well, there's been lots of conversations for, for many years around, uh, you know, a third bridge for, for Cambridge. Uh, it's it's not something where, you know, we're rushing into because of the exorbitant cost, as you can well imagine, of sixty, seventy million odd dollars. Uh, but you know, it has always been on our radar, and and we had a, a, an extensive report done uh, back in early twenty eighteen around what our modelling, what our numbers are, pedestrian numbers, and what our you know road traffic is, and had a good look at that. Um, and, and the report at the time said, look, there's no panic for a third bridge. Yes, you've got a bit of congestion at five o'clock, but it's, you know, it's for a limited period and you'll be okay for a few years. But, you know, that, that report's already a couple of years old and, and what we need to do is continue to, to, to look at uh, our modelling and make sure that we're on track. Now, we've experienced a lot of growth and, uh, and the last thing we want to do is leave those decisions to the last minute or, you know, get it to a point where it could be untenable for our residents. So, yeah, we're always looking at uh, our options. And at the moment, we're just, with a couple of reports actually going to be coming out shortly. One is on the, the lifelong, um, I guess, uh, look at, at, the, at the high level bridge that's currently, you know, retreated to us. But we need to make sure that uh, we, we keep, on, keep on top of, our, of, the, of its maintenance, which of course we do. But we just have a report about well, what is the longevity of that bridge, and you know what sort of things is it going to need in the future. And uh, the other thing is, you know, how many cars is it taking each day um, compared to the, the lower um, low-level bridge, the Ferguson Bridge. So yeah, just taking another we look at that um, over the next couple of months. So the high-level bridge is the classic one people will recognise from uh, Cambridge, which is over a century old, which has uh, the big arch uh, going over the Waikato River there. Um, but but uh, the lanes are quite narrow for the traffic moving across it, aren't they? And there's a restriction on the weight of vehicles that can actually use the bridge. So I guess that provides some... Uh, restrictions or slows traffic a little bit, but the problem isn't too severe with congestion crossing the bridge, is it? No, it's it's okay for the moment. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, gosh, I'm in Cambridge several times a day often, and you know there is a congestion yes at certain times of the day. But what we do know is that uh, you know the high level bridge continues to take more traffic than the lower level bridge. So um, you know we're in discussions around how do we entice people, you know, to use the lower level bridge, um, you know, when when given a choice, uh, or you know if it doesn't make a, a lot of difference to to their you know where their end uh, you know location is where they're going. So there's there's a few things to kind of I guess problem solve around that. But you're right, there's no immediate urgency for a third bridge. Um, we want to get this right. We don't want to burden uh, current ratepayers with a with a massive. Um, you know, rates increase uh, if it's not necessary. So, yeah, but at the same time, we need to be prudent, we need to be planning. So the planning and the location of where that third bridge might go is something that, uh, yeah, is something that's actually for us, yeah, quite important to be looking at, especially with growth. 
Sometimes when I negotiate my way across from Cambridge Township to Leamington on the other side of the river, um, I, you know, use Google Maps as sometimes as a, as a matter of interest to say which would be the quickest way. And the high-level bridge and the low-level bridge are actually usually identically, the identical same amount of time to travel from Cambridge to Leamington. Uh, yes. So... Yeah, people... It's a perception. It's yeah, a perception it is. It's thing a perception. too, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> hey, you know the other really interesting thing? I hope we've got enough time here, but <laughs> the other interesting thing is, is the increased uh, traffic on Kaipaki Road. You know, that people will use that back road now to Cambridge, oh no, from between Cambridge and Hamilton. Mm. Uh, you look at the, the, the numbers of the increased numbers of traffic on that road, you know, over the last... Uh, seven years. It's been really interesting actually to watch that. Yeah, that could even be, you know, where Cambridge Road is coming out to meet, what's the one uh, the road that heads out towards Te Aramutu? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, when Kaipaki joins onto that, uh, there are quite, there's quite a bank of traffic building up there um, you know, from one high speed road onto another. So uh, that is a very interesting development that has sort of just evolved on its own, hasn't it? But that's come about. Yes, well, I, I saw. Yes, I saw a distinct change when the high level bridge was closed back in 2013. Uh, uh, you know, my first week as a councillor, <laughs> when the high level bridge had to be closed very, you know, very quickly for maintenance. So yeah, I think people started to see that as an alternative route, uh, especially those who are in Leamington, and it became very desirable. Nice, quiet country road. And, uh, you know, it just became kind of a quick route into, into Hamilton, really, and, pop, and just a bit more desirable, I think, just for a morning uh, a morning journey. So, yeah, but I think those people continue to, to do that. But also, obviously, the, um, the you know, the growth that we've seen in Leamington around Cambridge Park, um, you know, all around there, that's, that's an obvious, you know, place for them to head to so if, you, if you're working in Hamilton. Mm. Cambridge and Leamington mm. are gradually growing to be more interconnected um, and... Yeah, that's naturally going to require some considerations um, for the future. Yes, definitely, definitely. Very topical, that's for sure. For sure. Waipa Deputy Mayor Liz Stolwick, thanks always for uh, joining me on the free breakfast. You're very welcome. Catch you next time, Gary. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.